0: It was said he was a powerful magician and a genius in many ways, as well as a tyrant, an autocrat, a lunatic, and a genocidal madman. So this guy is not my kind of
1: guy. (laughs) I'd like to take him out back and show him what it's like. (laughs)
0: Welcome to Guides the Unknown, I'm Kristen.
1: And I'm her little brother, William.
0: And this week, we are talking about Ghostbusters, some of their forgotten ghosts.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, for people who might be members of uh, patreon.com slash gttupod, you may have heard us planning this week's episode, and you might be surprised mm-hmm. that it's not what we had discussed. Correct. Um, literally today, mm-hmm. I messaged Kristen, I was like, have you done your research yet? Right. She hadn't. So I went. Okay. I'm addicted <laughs> to Ghostbusters again right now. So we pivoted, and yep. I, I I have to talk about Ghostbusters. I'm sorry. Fine I, by me. I am excited um, for the new movie, yep. Ghostbusters Afterlife, which opens this weekend. It'll actually be out in theaters right. the day this episode drops for everybody. And um, I'm not the kind of fan where like I don't I don't dress up like a Ghostbuster. Uh huh. I don't have a proton pack. Right. I don't do that stuff. Maybe someday. But I just, you know what? It's It scratches the right itch for me of ingredients for something. Mm-hmm. I think, and I'm in a bit of a fandom mania, so this may not completely hold water. I think it might go Scream, Blair Witch, Ghostbusters.
0: I'm not super surprised to hear that.
1: And it's just, it's funny. uh mm-hmm. It is. Uh, it does. It de- deals with spooky stuff, but is yeah. not always scary about it. Yeah, and sometimes it's scary. Mm-hmm. So those three ingredients in particular, and right. I realize that two of them are arguably the same ingredient: being what? spooky without being scary,
0: and then being and then scary. being
1: scary. Those yeah. are two different things to me a little bit.
0: But I really also enjoy um, stuff that has a spooky theme, but isn't necessarily scary. Yeah, that's like a genre I like a lot. hundred so percent. I, I completely understand what you're saying.
1: So I'm just I'm I'm currently sponging it all up. Yep. I'm I'm currently re hooked pretty intensely. It's on the GB. I may have downloaded a fan edit of Ghostbusters 2016 today. Oh, that's
0: right. That's right. Okay. Yeah.
1: And uh, I, I just need to talk about it right now. Well, William, (laughs) let's talk about it. Okay, let's talk about it. So uh, we have looked up, Kristen and I, we've we've done in previous episodes, we covered uh, the Ghostbusters franchise, the concept of it, where it came from, the origin point for it with Dan Aykroyd. In our episode, uh, Ghostbusters and Men in Black, we did those back to back. And I also uh, covered Gozer, the Mm -hmm. villain from the original movie in I think episode 34. I think it's 34 and 84, something okay. like that. Um, so this time, to talk about Ghostbusters, we are just talking about ghosts from the franchise. Kristen's doing movies, I'm doing other franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the the origin for these creatures, the storylines of them. And honestly, some of what I was curious about, and it does seem to be the case, but it didn't really turn into its own topic necessarily. Was Guide to the Unknown. Yes. So we cover, you know, horror and folklore and ghosts. And I was very curious to see, you know, we covered Banshees. Yeah. We talked about the real life folklore for Banshees. Um, what does the Ghostbusters folklore for banshees look like? Because mm. it certainly is adapted.
0: Right, it's, it's certainly a fictional world, but it's based on our world.
1: Yeah, and so it it did seem like there were some differences, like poltergeists. I looked at, and in the Ghostbusters realm, they do not at all tie it to you know a, a child going through puberty, which seems to be the real like life thing. A little
0: thing. bit more modern thinking oh, really? about it, I think. Um, so yeah.
1: Okay. Because Ghostbusters really just made it be like, it's a noisy ghost and sometimes it'll haunt a family.
0: That's what I had thought for, I think before, you know, I think that's what I thought until we talked about it on the show. Yeah. And then I found out the thing about it being kind of like a manifestation of strong feelings.
1: Okay. Yeah. That felt like just so much more specific and Mm -hmm. and interesting an analysis almost. But so the world of Ghostbusters is fascinating to me because in that first movie, Egon, Harold Ramis, Mm -hmm. um, will cite a book that he has about the paranormal, almost like an encyclopedia. Oh,
0: totally. About
1: monsters. And that book is called Tobin's Spirit Guide. Yes. So I decided to start off by taking a look at, well, where does Egon get his information?
0: Good idea.
1: So in the world of Ghostbusters, Tobin's Spirit Guide is a book about ghosts and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's written by John Horace Tobin. And was created and completed in 1929. This is a lot of this is supplied by like the comic books of Ghostbusters. And the original printing weighed 40 pounds. (laughs) That's awesome. So I did the math on this. And if that book about ghosts, that guide to the supernatural, weighed 40 pounds, I assumed that it's probably around textbook size. Okay. And I found a calculator online to determine the weight of a book. Um around. 8,000 pages. Wow. 8,010 pages is what it took for the meter to go up to 40 pounds.
0: So you weren't doing anything to find out how much 40 pounds would be today. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, it'll, it'll be like, this book cost $20 back then, yeah, yeah. so today... Right, wow, a
1: thousand, it would still weigh forty pounds today, unless it had been waterlogged. Okay, let's say. okay. Um, now, for reference, on that eight thousand pages, the entire Harry Potter series, every single book, four thousand two hundred pages.
0: Wow, so that's quite a tome. So, uh,
1: uh, what's his name? John Horace Tobin wrote twice as much as J.K. Rowling, and the pa- and the page size would be way different too. Yeah, the textbook right. is much larger. So anyway, that's just the information that Egon was working with. Mm-hmm. Um, In Extreme Ghostbusters, which was the second cartoon series in the 90s, um, now they do not use Tobin's spirit guide anymore. They use Spangler's spirit guide. That's cute. Which means that Egon Spangler, Mm -hmm. through all of his interactions with the paranormal world, has built his own version.
0: That's super cool.
1: And it's probably more up-to-date than the Tobin's spirit guide.
0: Yeah, maybe it has an up-to-date definition of a poltergeist.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I actually, I, you know, I have a version of they released and I, and I bought. I don't usually, well, I guess I do collect. But uh, I got a... Oh,
0: my God. You were starting to say I don't usually collect things? I,
1: for very specific things.
0: You just bought, like, I might be a little bit incorrect. What was it? A Scream book, one to keep and one to open? You know, I don't usually buy things, but I do happen to have this spirit guide. You're a little bit wrong. Oh, well, what is it? Because I
1: got one to keep, one to open, and the regular 4K. Oh, my God. So... (laughs) Maybe. Technically I bought three. <laughs> yeah, right. So anyway. <laughs> so anyway, I have a Tobin spirit guide. I would love to have a Spengler spirit guide. Yeah. But it also occurred to me, we're guide to the unknown. I know. And as much as like Egon, when they're encountering the paranormal, will be like, well, let's see what Tobin spirit guide has to say about this. Mm-hmm. Ghost hunters today should be citing guide to the unknown. Should we be. should see what the guide has to say. Yeah. About poltergeist. We're going in. That's true. Right. So, um, happen. uh, yeah, I know. How how do we get this into the movies? I know. Is it too late? I no. I'll I don't I'll think so. I'll tweet at Jason Reitman and yeah. see if he can t- put it in the movie by Thursday.
0: <laughs> or tweet at Max Landis.
1: Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> so um uh the other thing about Tobin Spirit Guide, the only other thing really worth noting is that it's taken on different forms. Mm-hmm. So um, by the time that the original Ghostbusters cartoon is happening, I think that Egon is referencing Tobin Spirit Guide on a little computer thing. Yeah. And then in the 2009 video game, you can scan ghosts and it'll automatically bring up the Tobin Spirit Guide entry That's for so cool. that ghost. But I think the in-world explanation is that, that Egon – has digitized this yeah. 1920s book about the occult. Right. Um the last so thing that cool. I saw is that uh Tobin, John Horace Tobin is said to have infiltrated the cult of Gozer sometime in the 20s. So like there are That's sort sweet. of like the adventures of yeah John Horace Tobin right. and how he assembled his guide, which I also think is kind of fun. Just kind of it's
0: cute. Delightful.
1: Yeah part of the world yeah. type stuff.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. All right, let's talk about, I think because I just mentioned Max Landis, I'd like to explain that a little bit. Yes. So we're going to talk about Slimer.
1: Yeah, Uh, which makes sense. This is like, for a long time, this was just the Ghostbusters icon. Oh yeah, he was the dude of Ghostbusters. Yeah.
0: So Slimer, if you don't know out there, which is hard to imagine, is the big green ghost who's like blah blah blah. And Ecto uh, Cooler is based on Slimer. Would you what? say that? <laughs> no,
1: I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that. I would say that. I would say that Slimer became part of the branding.
0: <laughs> Can you tell I was vamping for time? I, a little I, bit.
1: <laughs> Ecto Cooler is based that I, on Slimer. I meant
0: to save to my phone that I had to find, but I have it now. Yeah. So this is actually from Will's copy of the of a uh, Tobin's Spirit Guide. Yeah. Um I have other things to say too, but I thought I would read what it had to say about Slimer just because it's very cool. And so this is written from the perspective of um what is is it, it the perspective of the Ghostbusters? Yeah, it is. Because, yeah, there's so a forward. Why is forward... it called Tobin's Spirit Guide? Then? Well,
1: in this, the the reason why this book is yeah. called Tobin's Spirit Guide is the in universe. I guess the you know the book's explanation. There's a forward written. In character, as Dan Aykroyd's character Ray Stance, okay, saying that he and Egon decided to condense okay. Tobin's spirit guide and augment it with some of the information that they've gathered from okay. their adventures.
0: That makes sense because, yeah, they reference their own adventures and everything. Yeah. All right, so it's like an edited version. So, here is what they have to say about the green ghost, aka Slimer. Mm. This is a Class V full-roaming vapor formerly anchored to the 12th floor of the Sedgwick Hotel. This spirit, which has been haunting the 12th floor of the Sedgwick on Park Avenue since the mid-1920s, became the subject of the first full field test of the Ghostbusters' proprietary equipment. During the encounter, a messy collision with our colleague Dr. Venkman led us to nickname the Ghost Slimer. Our best guess at the ghost's origins date back to the apocalyptic cult of Gozer, which held meetings at the Sedgwick in the early 1920s, finally wearing out its welcome when an animal sacrifice went awry. According to our research, it's most likely that the cult's rituals conjured a quote-unquote hungry spirit, a ghost that can never sate its inhuman appetite. As a destructive, excuse me, a destructive punishment for the world. I love that. And then they are talking about their encounter with Slimer, what they notice. They notice things like um, the persistent stench of rancid meat And an increase in heaviness in the air that was kind of like humidity. And there were also piles of chewed food and overturned furniture all all over the place, as well as an unusual amount of ectoplasm splattered about.
1: Now, I sent this to you. I took a picture just of, like, some pages to send to Kristen. Mm -hmm. So in some way, I'm a lot like Egon, where I digitized part of Tobin's Spirit Guide. But also, I only took the... (laughs) <laughs> Don't roll your eyes at me. I only took the pictures of the pages. I didn't read them at all. Yeah. Because oh, okay. I wanted to hear it from you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I have I love stuff that. besides this, but yeah, it's very, very
1: cool. Oh, no, I know. But I, yeah. I love that explanation of them because Slimer is a joke, mm-hmm. right? Like Ghostbusters, the whole thing is it's a, it's a joke movie. Right. So even the idea that the first ghost that they encounter is a disgusting goo ball. Yes. Um, that That's slimes. chewing
0: food and then it's blooping out.
1: It's behind. Yeah. There's like a whole joke that he's supposed to be the ghost of... Um, oh,
0: um, what the hell? Animal House. Yeah, uh, John Belushi?
1: John Belushi. Yeah, it's John. Yeah, it's not Jim Belushi. No. <laughs> but so...
0: Not according to Jim, it's <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ooh, according to Jim. Exactly. On DVD now. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, like, Slimer's a, a dumb ghouly, gross ghost. He eats hot dogs in the movie. You know what I mean? But Gobblesome.
0: I don't think you can say this guy eats anything. He's a goblin.
1: True. And he is a goblin. Yeah. But like, he's a green goblin. He's a
0: green goblin. Oh my
1: God. But so like, for this book to turn him into something that is kind of creepy again.
0: Yeah. It's actually an
1: accomplishment.
0: Right. They conjure, he was conjured by a cult.
1: A hungry spirit that can never sate its inhuman appetite. Right. Um, as a destructive punishment teeth, for the world, yeah, which is freaky. It, it, it's it's if you think terrific. About it. <laughs> and according to the 2009 Ghostbusters video game, the cult of Gozer mm-hmm. would uh, there are like there are like different hotspots around the city, and the Cedric Hotel was one of them. Yes, that was used by the cult of Gozer. I know, I so love it's even this, stuff that's this is the... even in keeping with the video game's added lore. Yeah, I, you know well, I, I love the the sort of like connective tissue of all of this.
0: To, I do too. Even though I don't know a lot about the video game, but I. I mean, I know. Well, I know about it from reading about it and from you talking about it. Yeah, I think the video games are pretty well respected. So the
1: one is, it's, yeah, the I one guess, is. Okay, there have been many. Okay, um, and the 2009 Ghostbusters video game I recently just found out was even Harold Ramis and um, Dan Aykroyd worked really closely with that team. Mm-hmm and said this could easily be Ghostbusters 3. This right. could and every and you know, I'm not the only one to say that it plays like Ghostbusters 3. Right. As a matter of fact, I think you and I we're going to play it for the Patreon yep. episode this Monday. Mm-hmm. So if people have never seen it before, Chris and I are going to dive into it together. Yeah. Um uh, cuz yeah, I think that you would love it. Yeah. And it really is It really is part of the connective tissue of the first two movies. Uh I'm very curious to see if Ghostbusters Afterlife sort of like wipes it out of existence because it'd be very easy to do. Most people have not played this video game or heard of it.
0: I would kind of imagine only because they need things to be understandable for like the movie going audience. So maybe there'll be like a nod or an Easter egg, but I would imagine it's really just going to be acknowledging the two Ghostbusters movies. I
1: absolutely think so, especially because it appears to be all about Gozer. And the video yeah. game is. So, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah we'll see. Yep. Um, so, they also record here that the ghost is mostly nocturnal, has a rudimentary intelligence, and exhibits low levels of telekinetic activity. That said, it isn't a stereotypical poltergeist. Its behavior tends more toward gluttony than rage. Um, and it is a glutton, since whatever it consumes immediately passes through its body and onto the floor. Hence the fact that yeah. it can never be sated. Yes. Okay, so there are people who have come up with different origin stories for Slammer, and one of them is Max Landis. He's the son of John Landis, who directed um, a lot of movies in the 80s, like mm-hmm. An American Werewolf in Paris, and, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I believe so, okay. and, and uh, the stuff. Twilight Zone movie, where mm-hmm. very famously somebody uh, lost their life on that set. Yes. And Max Landis uh himself is uh essentially persona non grata mm-hmm. um because of uh, uh I guess he was uh one of these abuser dudes. Yeah. So he's he's no more. Yeah, totally. But um but certainly it it became a real big thing a few years back to share he had very publicly put out a pitch mm-hmm. for Ghostbusters that made the rounds and I always thought this was not something that I liked, mm-hmm. but I was just like it was at a time where nobody was really talking about Ghostbusters, and so it was interesting. It was
0: 2014, so it was a couple of years before even the 2016 movie came ah, out. Obviously. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, it wasn't a time that people were really talking about Ghostbusters a lot, and yeah, it's it seemed cool. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. That is pretty much like wiped from the internet the entire treatment like he put out this oh, really? like really really long thing but it was on his website and linked to on his twitter and he doesn't have twitter anymore and his website if you go to maxlandis.net or whatever it was it's just like a weird placeholder website oh. like it's not even about him it's like somebody bought the domain and it, like
1: oh weird has
0: you know like clickbait articles or something yeah and so i didn't spend a ton of time but i did click through like a good amount of articles that were like Max Landis writes treatment for Ghostbusters, hoping that something would maybe um, have, have it excerpted it. all yeah. the way, but I didn't find anything.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I did find um, his intro to the movie, which had to do with the beginning of Slimer. So here is what he had written. He said, My Ghostbusters 3 began in the 1920s with Evo Shandor murdering a gluttonous associate to protect his cult after he has a moral objection. Shandor tells the overweight man that nothing can stop the coming of Gozer. First, the gate will open in 1984, then again 20 years later. The fat man, who now has all the details of Shandor's plans, threatens to go to the police and Shandor poisons him. It's scary, but as Shandor escapes, we see that we're in the Sedgwick Hotel and that the guy we just saw die is Slimer. Q theme, show title.
1: <laughs> so I, I remember reading this at the time and kind of going like, Mm, yeah. I guess I'm intrigued by the notion that Slimer is a ghost, because they don't really fight ghosts, right. the Ghostbusters. These things are not ghosts. What do you mean? Like, was Slimer a human?
0: Well, that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying, of course. Yeah. But yeah.
1: like, do you think no, that like Slimer was sc- a guy? No. I believe this no, Tobin he's... spirit guide. I, uh...
0: No, I do not think that Slimer was a guy. But no, they fight ghosts.
1: You think that counts as a ghost? Well, I'm I think of a ghost him. as being a dead guy.
0: Yeah, but they do fight dead guys. They, they do,
1: but not, yeah. but, but like almost I don't like. feel that
0: Slimer is one of them.
1: Almost in the minority do they fight dead people. Yeah. They fight like weird. Like,
0: I wonder it, if it's like half and half. You know, like you know? when
1: that lady's, uh, um, like, mink coat comes to life and it's like a million I little. I guess those are, I guess. I guess it's I almost know. like it's possessed, but like a thing comes out of the subway that's going like, Wah! Yeah, it's <laughs> like only it's got like gross. jagged arms. Yeah, it's totally. not. A, I don't know what that is. I don't know, They're they, like demons,
0: extra-dimensional creature.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of down with Tobin spirit guy being like, yeah, a thing, a slimer was totally. created. I like that. Much that is better. the manifestation of gluttony. So he's almost like the byproduct of. Mm-hmm. Consciousness, right, in a way. So
0: it's like a thought form.
1: Yeah. So maybe that's what they are. But I, I've also, I also have always loved and been puzzled by why all the ghosts look like puppets. Like I why, know. when somebody dies, fun. do they look like a muppet? I know. But I, I love it.
0: I know. Like what's happening in that process? Yeah. Um.
1: So s- does this su- suppose that for his Ghostbusters that Slimer would somehow share key information?
0: Because oh they're God. like.
1: You know, Slimer knows. You're right,
0: he heard all of Shandor's plans. So are they going to have know. to
1: talk to Slimer?
0: I can't imagine. Yeah, you're right. It does. Wyvern, Wyvern put yeah. in there that. I don't know. I couldn't find the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm really just. I know there's not an answer for it. I now, know, but. but like, yeah, I, I don't think I, I would I want that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think I want them talking to Slimer, really.
0: I don't either. No.
1: And even that Evo Shandor is like, it will open once in 84, and then again. It's like, I know that that's supposed to be like sort of like the second coming of Christ kind of a thing, Uh-huh. but also it just diminishes the importance of Ghostbusters, the original movie in a way.
0: Right. Like I mean, it was also just fated
1: like, to be, I don't know.
0: Why didn't we know that or yeah. something? Yeah. So let nice I, try. Not really nuts about it. <laughs> um So someone else came up with a slammer backstory. Okay. Um, Paul Feig considered oh. putting something in the 2016 movie. So I found an interview where he tells us that he and co-writer Katie Dippold wanted an origin of Slimer scene because he's the only non-human ghost, I guess, in that movie. Okay. Um, so they are making him human too, just like Mac- Max. Yeah, because he
1: is the only non-human ghost. That's not true. They fight a gargoyle at that Ozzy Osbourne concert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Where he goes Sharon? I'm having flashbacks, and you're like, "Yeah, so am I." When the Osbournes was relevant <laughs> right, so as a show. Weird. What?
0: <laughs> okay. So here's what they came up with. In the early days, the ghostbusters had been called into a restaurant where there was a gangster eating a bunch of food and he kept eating it. So I guess it was a stereotypical, okay. like the Godfather yeah. sort of guy. Um The waiters screwed up an order. So that gangster killed him and then he was tried and executed and he came back as a ghost. So when he came back as a ghost at first, he looked like a normal human ghost. But this was the Ghostbusters' first case. So they had like their equipment that wasn't calibrated right and stuff. And uh, so when they went to capture him, the proton beams were too hot and cut his legs off. Oh, God. And then they kept doing other stuff. And it ended up turning him green and making him distort,
1: which is how he
0: became Slimer.
1: Ooh, I actually find that to be
0: disturbing.
1: That is disturbing. I know. I dislike that. Yeah, I know. The idea that they're mangling. Mm-hmm. Ghosts.
0: Yeah, because they they were trying to do their thing and they didn't have their equipment calibrated right.
1: I find that frightening.
0: It is. Yeah, I know.
1: They're they're melting off his legs.
0: Yes, and turning like him that. green I and then like turning him all. into a blob.
1: It flows green.
0: I know. It flows green as hell.
1: Um, I I want to talk about Ghostbusters 2016 with you one day. Okay, one day. One day. Okay, proceed. <laughs> that day is not today. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. All right. Let's talk about. Um. Let's see here. Okay, do you want to talk about Ghostbusters 2016? Sure. Because <laughs> I lied to you. I cheated. <laughs> <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> I, I have something from Ghostbusters 2016. Cheat. Ow, I did cheat. I didn't mean to. <sighs> okay,
0: go ahead. Okay,
1: so I want to talk about the villain of Ghostbusters 2016. Oh,
0: okay. Because I actually yeah, think it's I actually yeah. think it's kind
1: of cool. I
0: do too. When I think back on it, yeah. I'm like, that's that was pretty
1: neat. My problems with Ghostbusters 2016 amount to the the jokes and the dancing. Yeah. That's really it. There's a lot of dancing in that
0: movie. <laughs> there's so much more dancing than you would expect.
1: Some might say too much.
0: I would definitely say too much. Now, I had a good time in the theater when I watched it.
1: I know. I, yeah. I, I, I really, I think someday we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make us talk about it a lot.
0: We have, William. I think we have for the show mm. in our previous Ghostbusters episodes. Not enough. I'm actually positive. Not
1: enough. Mm. So um, the, the villain of Ghostbusters 2016 is a guy named Rowan. North, mm-hmm. um, And he is uh, almost meant to seem like, um, he's like a narcissist. Mm-hmm. He's like a, 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 a messy narcissist guy who thinks that the entire world is against him. He's right. a loner. In a weird way, he's almost like a serial killer yeah. type. Yeah, where he lives on the fringes of society. Right.
0: He has like um, angry incel vibes. Yeah, Absolutely, you know, like men's rights kind of feel. You like, are yes. I'm I'm downtrodden, and it's your fault.
1: Yes, I'm yeah. going to take it out on you now. Yeah. So I looked into this, and from the Ghostbusters wiki. They talk about some of his background, which I don't think is in the movie. Okay. So I don't really know where this comes from.
0: I know. There's stuff that I got from the Ghostbusters wiki that I'm just assuming has been an amalgamation of video game and comic books, and I'm not sure where it comes from. Yeah.
1: And honestly, his plot, I think it might be like some of it's on like, really, like... Maybe like a shot of a newspaper clipping on the wall that they're yeah. like, "Oh, this means he went to that college." Right. You know. Yeah. Um. And so that's that's fine. But yeah. his plot is almost buried in this movie because the movie is like two hours plus. I know. I know. And uh, the the jokes just take precedence over the plot, which makes a certain amount of sense. It's the same of the original as well. But I remember that plot well. Right. Um. But his 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 storyline and his game here, I actually think, is pretty interesting. So. In the plot of Ghostbusters 2016, Kristen Wiig and
0: Melissa McCarthy.
1: Yes. Okay. They wrote a, bo- a book about ghosts mm-hmm. like a few years back. It's about their theory of what ghosts are, how they operate. He read that book, and it aligned with some of his own thinking about afterlife. Mm-hmm. And so, because of his background of you know astrophysics, and he was a genius, but. You know, People didn't believe in his crackpot theories. Right. He turned inward, almost like a Ted Kaczynski type,
0: Uh where he was like, you all
1: don't understand my genius. Mm -hmm. And so he took a low, a a quote unquote lowly job of being basically like a bellhop um, maintenance man at the Mercado Hotel. And he he made the deal so that he can live in the basement Mm -hmm. and he'll just work this job. But really what he's doing is he has studied ley lines. Yeah. And he has found out that where all the Leylawn lines, which are.
0: They're wh- like um, energy lines where people think that you have a better chance of um, like supernatural activity happening.
1: Yes. So they all converge at the Mercado. Hotel. So in the basement, he's been building something. At the same time that the new Ghostbusters in this storyline are making their ghost traps and things that can catch ghosts, mm-hmm. he is creating technology that can amplify the energy from ley lines to release ghosts. I
0: mean, that is awesome.
1: He's an anti I mean, Ghostbuster. Cool. Yeah. He's the opposite of a Ghostbuster, mm-hmm. which I think is actually really kind of fun. So yeah. he has, he created. Um, a ghost mirror, so he's able to see into the spirit realm. It's almost like a portal, okay. but he can't really go in and out. He can right. just sort of see through it. Then he creates what's called a hyper-ionization uh device to activate the ley lines, and those power his barrier-compromising master machines – which he positions at different hotspots around the city along those mm-hmm. ley lines to activate them all, to then activate his mirror to become a portal so that ghosts can come through. So yeah. he puts them in this uh, like haunted house at the beginning of the movie. He puts it at the Ozzy Osbourne concert. He, he puts it in the subway, and at each right. of those places, ghosts appear, which is why people call the Ghostbusters to those places.
0: Right, right, right. Or why they yeah. think they
1: need to go to these mm-hmm. spots. A big issue that I've always had with Ghostbusters is the why of it all. Mm-hmm. Like, why are ghosts suddenly happening for Gozer? Yeah, right. What's, why yeah. is this starting? Yeah. And they create the business and they stop Gozer, which puts them out of business. Mm-hmm. And then Vigo happens. Why now? Right. What? This is when the movie is. Exactly. Rowan is the answer to why now yeah. because this is his life's work and he has been studying the same stuff as the Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. And so they've arrived at the same conclusion on opposite ends of the spectrum really. So they find out about him and they go down into the basement to catch him and he essentially says, that's right. You got me. Way to go. And he grabs some power lines and he kills himself. Partway through the 2016 movie, the villain commits suicide. Uh huh. But because it's a Ghostbusters movie, he's able to come back as a ghost to continue his work.
0: Okay. But
1: more powerful than before. Wow. Right?
0: Yeah. I've only seen it once, so I only vaguely remember this.
1: So uh, by the time we get to the end of the movie, we get to like a big, you know, ridiculous spectacle where he's let the ghosts out. And I think the more ghosts that he has, it makes him more powerful. And they have another big, like giant gozer, Mm -hmm. Stay Puff Marshmallow Man-esque fight. Right. And that's all what it is, right? But like, I think the core idea that I really respond to is this weird Angry loner, incel, narcissist, serial killer yeah. guy, whose plot is to eradicate the world, mm-hmm. and kills himself knowing that he can still continue his work. Yeah, I. That's a
0: that's a pretty crazy idea.
1: It's really out there, and I actually think that that's a very a very workable plot. Mm-hmm. That I think stylistically and, and tonally, and the the du- directing choices and editing choices bury yeah they're like bury what that what's going on within that movie but i actually think that that's a really interesting idea especially for ghostbusters
0: i do too especially hearing you say it back i remember thinking that it was cool in the movie and yeah like it, it just gets buried exactly what you said
1: yeah like the the movie obviously it's like a reboot of ghostbusters right but like uh so like they they will do the same scene from a different perspective in a way mm-hmm. where like i remember the ghostbusters in 84 they're in jail but they're looking at the blueprints for Sigourney Weaver's building. And they start talking about Evo Shandor, the architect, who did a lot of unnecessary surgery. Yeah. And Egon's sort of smiling because he sort of enjoys the darkness of it. And they're it's like, so sweet. this is basically an antenna, the building, mm-hmm. to, to draw Gozer here. Yeah. I remember all that. I love that. That stood out to me because it's so fun and scary. Totally. And then this 2016 movie, I remember the Ghostbusters standing around a map, talking about lines. But it was so messy. I, yeah. I, I didn't, it, it didn't stand right. out to me in a way, but I think it's actually a really good plot for a Ghostbusters story. You have a yeah. human villain who is enabling all this. Why now? It is
0: really good. Rowan's
1: making it happen.
0: I know. And he doesn't feel like enough of a big bad in that no. movie from
1: what I remember, you he's, know, he doesn't
0: really feel like there is a big bad.
1: No, he's treated like a joke mm-hmm. and then he possesses Chris Hemsworth. Oh who, yeah. Who has a very weird moment. In that movie, he like the entire time he's like covering his eyes when something too loud happens and it's just like so Oh yeah. so over the top uh-huh. that he's supposed to be dumb. Right. Uh, anyway, and he's supposed to be like lovable. Yeah. Then he shows up on a motorcycle and they're like Kevin, come in. And he goes no, no, I want to be a Ghostbuster. He's wearing the full uniform. They're like, no, Kevin, you got to get in here. And he goes, I'm going to be a Ghostbuster. I was born to be a Ghostbuster no matter what you say. And then he gets possessed. Uh-huh. And it distracts from the fact that he was getting angry at them. Yeah. Which isn't part of his character as we've seen him. Uh-huh. I think there's like a million things on the cutting room floor. Or it like Or like bits it. and pieces. Remember in Scream 4? I where wonder the- if there's
0: going to be a sequel where we find out that he's like someone's son.
1: Maybe. You know? Honestly, I I I I yeah, I still Who wish knows? that they had uh, they continued in the comics these characters. Oh, really? They met the original Ghostbusters in the comics. Oh, okay. So they 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 do go on. Yeah. But um I, yeah, listen, I don't like that movie, but I yeah. I I would be curious to see Nobody gets to learn lessons anymore. You know what I mean? That movie was poorly received, oh, so they're know. just so, not going to do it. Yeah, I know. I'd almost be curious to see what happens if they do try to fix some of the yeah. intensity of the decisions they'd made but no it's just gone yeah um, I know. granted it cost 150 million dollars <laughs> right so, so uh,
0: I, see the, I see the argument for not uh, continuing on
1: certainly yeah but like remember in Scream 4 where the teacher goes do Tuesday an essay on why Woodsboro is the best oh, yeah <laughs> like, and it's like a line of dialogue
0: yeah like that nobody what? really
1: thought about what it means uh-huh. it's just the teacher has to say something yeah totally so he assigns his high school class to write a paper on why their town is the best in the whole wide world so funny Ghostbusters 2016 is littered with that, where it's like, well, we just need a, a line. Uh huh. I don't care what it is.
0: Yeah. Because it's supposed to be like the lead into something yeah. or like background.
1: Kevin or... has to say from the bike, no, I'm not coming inside.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the essence of that is a fight. Right. So he brings it to a point where he goes, I was born to be a ghostbuster. He gets angry. Yeah. And they left it in the movie, even though it doesn't.
0: Yeah, I was born to be a ghostbuster. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, no, and i And he's do.
1: pissed. Uh huh. <laughs> That's more the thing to me, is like, <laughs> It's weird that he's yelling at his bosses. <laughs> and insisting it. that they can't stop him. Right. It's very weird. That is weird. The, the movie is weird, but I like this guy. I like this Rowan North. Yeah. Lot. Yeah.
0: No, I do too. Okay, let's go back to the first movie. Let's and talk about the library ghosts. Yeah. What is this person's deal? Okay, so it turns out and like it's from the Ghostbusters wiki. Um like I said I'm not sure where else this came from, but You know, it's from the wiki. Link in the show notes. Um, The library ghost is Dr. Eleanor Twitty, who is the head librarian of the New York City Public Library and curated its special collections, which included ancient artifacts, stone tablets, and otherwise forgotten parchments. So she sounds awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. I want to be Dr. Eleanor Twitty and do that.
1: I think some of this is from the video game where you go down into the basement of the New York City Public Library.
0: Oh, okay. Cool. Um, So, Dr. Twitty was seduced by a man named Edmund Hoover, who was also known as the Collector. So, is that from the video game? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's great. Um, He was a rather unscrupulous rare book collector. She was unaware that the Collector was just using her in order to get the rare books in her care, including the Gozerian Codex. They got engaged. Then when she discovered her fiancé's true motives, she broke off the relationship and engagement, but sadly dumping him all but sealed her fate. And in March 1924, he murdered her in cold blood in a secret section of the library constructed by Gozer's infamous worshiper and architect, Ivo Shandor. Mm-hmm. Dr. Twitty was reported missing. The New York Police Department made every effort to find her and even conducted repeated room-to-room searches of the underground library stacks, where she was last seen, but she was never found alive. She was the fifth woman to go missing under mysterious circumstances in 1924. Hoover also murdered many others to cover up Twitty's death and collected their bodies like he collected books. The collector, indeed. Yes. This is an awesome story.
1: I I love this story. I love it. And you know, the the real thing here was, you know, the the people who wrote the video game. Mm -hmm. And it's Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis are credited as writing that game. Right. And certainly some of that's true, but they did not they like, you know, contributed.
0: Story by kind of thing?
1: Uh not even. Like the story by is by whoever developed the video game. But they came in to like punch up dialogue and help make sure that it all, you know, felt of a piece uh-huh. with the world of the first two movies. But so um, the the goal here is like, well, uh, we want people to do Ghostbuster stuff that they recognize a little bit as much as we're telling a news story. So they never caught the library ghost. Yeah. We could make a level in the library. How do we pay off? the first ghost they ever see in that movie Mm -hmm. and make it interesting. Right. And whoever wrote this backstory, I think did a wonderful job. I love it. The challenge, Mm -hmm. find a way to make the backstory for a librarian ghost compelling. Yeah. And they accomplished it.
0: Absolutely. They did. Um, so at least 12 bodies of women were discovered under the library in a search led by, Detective Sergeant Ambrose Hannigan. Is mm. that somebody in the video game?
1: Not that I remember. Oh, okay.
0: Um, Hoover was convicted and sentenced to death by hanging before dawn on May 10th, 1924.
1: Wow. Yeah. All right.
0: So that's that library ghost. I love her.
1: Yeah. In the video game, you find you find that room mm-hmm. where she died. And she yeah. is living. You've used this phrase before. What is it where a ghost is locked in like repeating a pattern of movement?
0: Oh, God. It's like recurring residual. or
1: residual it's haunting. It's residual haunting, yeah. So, yeah, she, she can roam the the library, obviously, and sh- right. tell you to keep it down. But when you go down to where she was murdered, she's locked in a loop, like mm-hmm. a gif, of sitting down and reading through a book and then screaming and crying out in agony, and then back in the chair reading the book, and then screaming in agony again. It's the moment of her murder.
0: Oh, she's man. trapped
1: in the moment of her murder. Yeah, and uh, it is—it's uh, super fun in the game when you go down there because it turns from, you know, then modern-day New York City public library down yeah. into this like dank, ancient, gothic, old architecture of New York. Right. Um, environment. I
0: love that. That's cool. Oh,
1: it's so much fun. They they really did a great job. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to give you a mini. And okay. when I say mini, it's super mini. Okay. This is called the Bug-Eyed Ghost. It originated in the real Ghostbusters, the cartoon show. Mm-hmm. And it was a toy. It's a little goblin guy. Imagine Slimer, and then he's got his two beady eyes. Imagine if he had a third big, fat, huge eye okay. uh, above that. And the toy, you could squeeze it, and the eye would pop out Ugh. with a string. And oh, then you okay, could okay. you could reload it again.
0: <laughs> I thought it was one of those things. I was picturing one of those, like, squeezy stress balls. Yeah, those squeezy
1: I mean? guys People whose like eyes those. and ears pop out. Yeah, those yeah. were disgusting. They yeah. were like a sea monkey. Yes. So, um, but yeah, so this was just a a, a doofy toy from the 80s. Mm. You squeeze it, the eye pops out. You can put the eye back you and you squeeze on. it, the eye pops out. You move on with your life. <laughs> right. It appeared in the cartoon show a few times and... It's in the trailer for the new Ghostbusters movie.
0: That's cool. (laughs) Which is just like... That's nice. So that kind of makes me think that maybe there will be some sort of reference to the video game. Because if they're even referencing something from the real
1: Ghostbusters... Yeah, true, true. Now, reference versus like allow it to still be canon is a different thing, right? Like, if they reference the video game, I might not be surprised. I would love the reference to that. That would yeah. be, be very charming I, for
0: I me. would imagine it would be references, not necessarily something that's weaving it into canon.
1: Yeah, I know. It just works so... there just might
0: not be room for it. I is know. basically the thing.
1: It seems... I, I do not think there's room for the video game anymore, but it yeah. is a fantastic yeah. original Ghostbusters 3, mm-hmm. until this probably redoes part of that story, I right. think. Um, so that was a mini. The bug-eyed ghost. Oh, okay, cool. Um Let's talk about, uh, uh, I'll use my time to tell you about one that uh, is from the cartoon show that I think is just really kind of cool. Is it the Grundle? Yeah. Okay. Why do you have that word in your head?
0: Well because, <laughs> well, because I was looking up ghosts and stuff, and I saw the Grundle, and I was like, oh, I wonder what that is. Yeah. And I saw it was from the cartoon, so I backed off. Wow. What?
1: How, but of all the stupid things. I don't know. Do you have any idea how many ghosts that I was like, well, this won't work? <laughs> I don't know. Wow, the Grundle.
0: Mystic Chrissy.
1: Mystic Chrissy. It's the Grundle.
0: It's the Grundle.
1: It's the Grundle, all right. So it's on page 55 of this book. If you want to bring it up, maybe we can show it to people who are watching live. By the way,
0: I'd like to just say, get ahead of it, we know what a Grundle is. Oh, yeah. So we're good.
1: It's between something you don't have and something you have a lot of.
0: <laughs> I could just feel, um, which I, look, I get it. I would do it too. I could feel messages coming being like, uh, you guys kept saying Grundle and yeah. I'm not sure that you knew what you were saying. Oh, I know what I'm we saying. We got it. Yeah. Okay, here we go.
1: Um, so the Grundle is this disgusting, he is almost like, man, he's wearing, in, in the cartoon show where he originates, he's almost wearing like a rain slicker mm-hmm. and a rain hat. He looks like the killer from, I know what I know you did it. last summer. Uh-huh. Um, in this book, um, he's far more wraith-like with a big yes. flowing cloak, like a Grim Reaper kind of guy.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Looking. But
1: his face is frog-like, mm-hmm. like a monster frog. Yeah. Lizard face, man. Um, And from the cartoon show, which again, it's like an 80s kids show. Yeah. It is fascinating Gary. to me how creepy this is. So this guy is almost... um a vampire-type parasite thing. Um, The book says it's a class three fully corporeal parasitic being. And uh, it was in two episodes of the cartoons. In the original series, it was an episode um, uh, called, I think, The Grundle. Mm -hmm. And then in the extreme Ghostbusters in the 90s, they did a sequel episode. Huh. Like, you know, a decade later.
0: A memorable episode or something.
1: Called Grundle-esque, which is weird. So... The froggy thing in the rain slicker creeps around in the dark at night and will come up to the windows of children's bedrooms and tap on the glass saying, come out and play. Come out to play. He'll wake up the children in the middle of the night. yikes And the whole thing is, they have to willingly go to him. They have to invite him in uh-huh. or they have to make physical contact with him to establish The connection. Yeah. The connection is the following. He compels them through being like, nobody understands you the way that I do. He convinces them to misbehave. Oh, man. So he'll convince them to like set fires, to hit people. Jeez. To like sin, essentially. And through doing that, he feeds on their poor behavior and their life force and their energy Oh, my. And while he's taking from them, he's putting energy into the the void that's left within them. So ah. the longer their connection is sustained, the longer he feeds off of them, the more they are turning into.
0: He makes them suck. A grundle. Yeah.
1: He makes them suck. Right. So... Um, He's basically, yeah, like a vampire. He's yeah. he's feeding off of them, but also like a vampire turns people into another vampire. Right. He's, he's turning them into them. Grundles, so there can be multiple That's now that cool. have to now still go out to feed on other children. Tap tap tap. Come out to play. Um, so uh, let's see. In the original series, cool. the Grundle turns a pair of brothers against each other, mm-hmm. and the way that the transformation from a kid into a Grundle happens is like their face starts to elongate. Oh, man. And it starts to take on the disgusting features (laughs) of the Grundle. And if they can break the connection, they'll completely revert as if nothing ever happened. Kids show, right? Okay, not bad. But, like, uh, it it sort of reminds me of Vigo. There's, like, a moment in Ghostbusters 2 where Vigo possesses Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And he has a disgusting Dan Aykroyd-Vigo face for a second. And I was like, this this is a weird sort of... Yeah, you're right. Like the way that a parasitic, uh, a possession happens in Ghostbusters is that it makes you take on the physical characteristics of the thing you're possessed by in a way. Yeah. Which is very just weird. That is weird. Ghostbusters is always weirder. Uh Uh-huh. Like real life folklore and real life ghost stories are plenty odd.
0: Oh, certainly.
1: Ghostbusters pushes it another direction weird. Yeah. And I really enjoy that. Yeah. Um. So in Ghostbusters, uh, in Extreme Ghostbusters, the one 10 years later... They have a more interesting story, I think. So the modern day Ghostbusters, it's like a group of kids that were in a class Egon had been teaching. Mm-hmm. He's the Screech. He's the you know the new class.
0: The Saved yeah. by
1: the Bell, the new class. They the only returning character was Screech mm-hmm. and Mr. Belding, I guess. Right. Well, Egon is it, really the only that. main Ghostbuster with this new team. It's the bridge. He's the bridge. And so uh, one of the new Ghostbusters is a, a girl named Kylie. And when they start to investigate, what seems like a grundle has maybe appeared. And they can tell because they find ectoplasm and mm-hmm. Egon analyzes it. Like, there's still, like, That's the cool. pseudoscience of Ghostbusters in these cartoons. Yeah. I never really watched them. I didn't either. Yeah. They, they all feel the ghosts in them tend to be treated like they're funny.
0: Uh-huh. Which I, I like the ghost
1: to be kind of scary.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. For some reason, it just didn't grab me.
1: This one, I gotta tell you, it was actually it was pretty interesting. Hmm. And then Kylie... Once they find out what a Grundle is, and she like sees, I, I think like Egon like shows her an image of one. Mm-hmm. She just starts having like recovered memories. Mm. When she was a kid, she and her friend were playing, and a Grundle came to their window and tried to compel them to come out. Ugh. She avoided it. Uh-huh. Her friend went to the window, and oh he's knows, been, her friend sucks. He's been missing ever since. Oh man! And now he sucks.
0: Yeah, like I'm suck.
1: He. sucks. Sucks.
0: He's got that grundle energy.
1: So all these Big years later, energy. he's been turning into a grundle yeah. this whole time, and I believe he's one of the villainous grundles that they're chasing after.
0: Quick question, do you become more and more of a grundle or like Well, it's a gradual process, Kristen. Is it? Cuz I would think that the grundle is taking your energy and putting its energy in the remaining hole, mm-hmm. and that seems finite. To me. Like, now this is done. Now you
1: are. Yeah, yeah. Hole. I don't think it was done yet, though, for him. But why... I don't get it. It doesn't matter. I don't know how long it takes. Yeah, 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 I don't know. There was something about a grundle cocoon, but oh. it seemed like maybe too far down the rabbit hole. That's
0: fine. It's yeah. fine.
1: So, um, anyway, at the end of the episode, they save him. Good. Uh, so that's it So nice. he no longer sucks. He no longer sucks. Yeah. But I... For sure, the, the image of this... And I guess maybe I also have a thing about... Uh, I have a window thing. I have a, I have a creepy yeah. guy... At the window thing myself. So mm-hmm. it, it just really, I, I found it genuinely kind of spooky. And a lot of this go, the cartoon spooky. stuff does not spook me in the least.
0: That's a cool story. Yeah. I like that. All right. Let's talk about, and this might take us on home.
1: Oh, maybe. Um. <laughs> shoot <Should> Kristen a look here.
0: While I'm talking, <laughs> find the one thing that you want to talk about after me. Because, oh, man. Okay. So let's talk
1: about Vigo. Yeah.
0: How can we not, right?
1: I know. We did Gozer, the villain of the original. Mm -hmm. We did the villain of 2016. Yes. Just before Vigo. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Time for Vigo. Okay. So Vigo was born a prince in 1505 in the small Balkan kingdom of Carpathia. Mm. Now, I believe Balky is also from here. Oh. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Balky the Carpathian. (laughs) Balky the Carpathian. Does anybody get that reference anymore? I don't know. I guess we'll find
0: out. Balky? (laughs) Balky. Yeah, it's Balky.
1: <laughs> Did that fix it for anyone?
0: Yeah, maybe. They're like, oh, not Balky, Balky.
1: Balky, now I get everything you're saying.
0: Yeah, 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 that I know. Oh, that guy from The Surreal Life. Oh, yeah, he was also somebody called Balky. Yeah. That's right. Oh. Okay. Oh.
1: What's happened to you?
0: <laughs> okay. I scooched a weird way. Okay. I got it. Understood. Okay. Uh, so, in the small Balkan kingdom of Carpathia... Is born Vigo, Okay. A prince. 1505. Born a prince. Yep. Uh, He soon rose to power and ruled his home country with an iron fist. And the land itself was in a constant state of spiritual turmoil turmoil, thanks to his despotic rule, which earned him an infamous name, the Scourge of Carpathia.
1: I do love that. I love that, too. Yeah, the Scourge of Carpathia. Yeah, it's awesome. Real quick t-shirt idea. Fresh Prince of Carpathia.
0: Everybody's going to love it and wear it. Uh, Vigo later conquered another land, the country of Moldo- Moldavia. Mold- what is it?
1: Yeah, Moldova. Uh, it's Moldova. The scourge of Carpathia. Wait. I think he says the scourge of Moldavia.
0: It's spelled Moldavia, basically. Moldavia. It's M-O-L-D-A-V-I-A, but I thought it was Moldavia.
1: I <sighs> guess I'm going to have to look up Vigo quotes again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just going to autofill things that you've already searched. Yeah, I look, at, oh, I okay, look this up all, all these links the time. Oh, all Oh, here it is. They're already all done.
1: I, Vigo, the scourge of Carpathia, the sorrow of Moldavia, command you.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, he uh, conquered Moldavia, uh, which its people, while still resenting the psychotic autocrat, gave him another notorious alias. The sorrow of Moldavia. Yeah. It was said he was a powerful magician and a genius in many ways, as well as a tyrant, an autocrat, a lunatic, and a genocidal madman. So, this guy is not my kind of guy.
1: <laughs> I'd like to take him out back and show him what it's like.
0: <laughs> Double snort.
1: Um,
0: because of his evil ways, he wasn't well liked by his subjects. It sounds right. Huh. Oh, weird. And he killed hundreds of them. He was also known as Vigo the Cruel, Vigo the Torturer, Vigo the Despised, and Vigo the Unholy.
1: And I believe Venkman added Vigo the Butch.
0: He did. He did. I actually cut that out, but I was going to say that. Okay. So now I'm going to read the Vigo information that is in Will's copy of Tobin's Spirit Guide. Yes. So he was purported to be both alchemist and warlock, which is awesome. Um, he's a class four possessor. Power elevated by psychomagnothermic ectoplasm. Ma- Magnotheric. Magnotheric. Yes.
1: It's the river of slime from Ghostbusters 2, yeah. which factors heavily into the video game, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course.
0: Of course. <laughs> I like that river of slime.
1: I I'm fine like with it. it. They yeah. fix it in the third one, I think. Yeah. In the game.
0: In the game. Um. So, wait, let me zoom forward a little bit. Oh, so he hung for four days. No, excuse me. He hung on for days after the attack that his people perpetrated on him before he finally died. And his last words were death is, but a door time is, but a window I'll be back.
1: Amazing. I know. I love that. Final death words. is but a
0: door time is, but a window I'll be back. I actually, that's a, I guess you would call it a trope in things that I love. I love it when, Like, a witch is hanged or something. And she's like, you fools, I'll be back. I'll come for your
1: children and your children's children. And they do. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I I love it. I think in Ghostbusters 2, they say just before his head died, he said, death is but a doorway, time is but a window, I'll be back. Implying that he'd been, like, beheaded already, but his head was still talking because he's such a powerful warlock.
0: That's awesome. It's kind of neat. It does say he was beheaded it doesn't it doesn't specify that he said that um after the beheading but he was cremated and his ashes were scattered in the Black Sea. For years afterward his subjects feared he was still watching them from beyond the grave. And then it goes into what happens with Vigo and them in the second movie,
1: which is really just that they somebody painted a portrait of him. Yeah. And right. then his spirit was already in it?
0: Yeah, I guess so.
1: I do wish I don't think
0: there's anything specific about, you know, the how of yeah. that. But is that's the, what happened. Is the
1: painting basically his, a horcrux? Did he know that he was having his his likeness painted to continue himself living on? I don't that's know. what's missing it, about v It Viggo. doesn't
0: specify. It just says that his spirit lay dormant for centuries in an imposing portrait. It doesn't say that there was a deliberate move made right. of him having a portrait made and putting some of himself in it. I guess we just have to sort of assume that. Or
1: Again, something. is that a ghost? What is that?
0: I guess I wouldn't call that a ghost. I guess I think of something that has some sort of, like, um, non-physical form yeah. being a ghost. So it's just kind of a, a supernatural oddity.
1: I know. Again, the why of it all. Yeah. Why now? Mm-hmm. Right? I know that the painting has arrived in New York and blah, blah, blah. But, like, where was it before this? Why didn't he just right. do it then? Right. Why today is Vigo the threat?
0: I don't know. I mean... We don't have a great answer just for making that. making things up. I mean, maybe because Janos was so susceptible.
1: Maybe. I don't <laughs> so know. Janos was the key. I Janos Poha, played by Peter yeah. McNichol. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Good God. So, like, I love that quite guy. frankly, that's what I'm looking for mm-hmm. in Ghostbusters Afterlife. I
0: wonder. I'm
1: I curious wonder. about the why now. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious about is it all tied up with a bow? Where, sensibly, are we saying that ha- there haven't been ghosts in 30 years? I don't think And if they want to so. have a new franchise, because we know they do. Yeah. Is there a room left for now it to be, well, ghosts were let out of the bag forever. So we have, ghosts are going to be a big problem beyond this one movie.
0: I don't know. I mean, I wonder if, (sighs) I don't know. Like in Ghostbusters, it's not like ghosts only exist because the Ghostbusters do and they've prompted them. You know what I mean? Like ghosts have to have already been. A thing right so i don't know did they just is their mere presence making the ghosts manifest in a stronger way and Is that's, something is yeah. it some sort of like law of attraction-y sort of thing
1: and that is exactly my struggle because we don't i know have anything. i don't know now they didn't care right? like they, they didn't need yeah, to yeah. supply a reason our modern franchise thinking makes you go well how do we continue this going on. Ghostbusters, the original movie, is like perfect. Yeah. It happens that way and that's the way it happened. Mm-hmm. That's it. But like, modern convention does have me thinking like, you know, they see the library ghost. Was she there before and just no one had ever seen her for
0: decades? I'm not totally decades? sure that's modern convention. I think it might be your slash our modern convention that maybe we think about things in that way. Yeah. Because I don't think I mean, I think people are, and this is not a dig on people. I'm this way a lot of the time, too, um, are willing to just accept what's put in front of them and be like, that's what the movie says, so it's done.
1: A little bit. But, but I think uh, partially... Like, a story needs a catalyst. We're
0: curious, and also we have this show where we have kind of a reason yeah. to dig into these things. So I don't think this is a widespread thing that the movie is going to need to address. I think it's kind of a personal thing that we now have become accustomed to, like, pulling these threads. Maybe.
1: I mean, listen, I, I, I write... And I've, I've read a lot about screenwriting and like the, the, the catalyst for that story is they get fired and decide to go into business together. Right. That's really it. Mm -hmm. But like in terms of like the ghosts reality in that movie, like, you know, Sigourney Weaver opened her fridge and (laughs) saw a temple and a dog said zoo. So awesome. (laughs) It's, it's rad, but like, why did it happen that day and not the day before? I know. So like th- that does, anything. that also needs a catalyst and but, there just uh, isn't also, one. Also, we don't
0: know that it didn't happen somewhere else the day before we're following these dudes story.
1: That's true. But you they're know? the only ones to start ghostbusters.
0: I don't know. Maybe they're like on the low ghostbusters who so just aren't buying commercials. Mm. You know, we, we just know their experience and their experience happens to overlap with Dana Barrett. Yeah. Like there could just be another, there could be Jana Darrett who's in the next building who also opened her fridge and saw something weird, but she had her friend deal
1: with it. Someone's been reading my fanfic.
0: <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're that's true. are in their
0: corner of the world.
1: Um, okay, I'm not going to tell you about any more ghosts. Okay. What I want to conclude with is the following. Okay. <laughs> so today, I saw a bunch of videos of Dan Aykroyd <laughs> and Ernie Hudson and Bill Murray on late night shows. Yeah. They were on both The Tonight Show and late night last night. Yeah. They were on both.
0: I saw, I didn't see it, but I saw that that was a thing.
1: So they must have recorded one and then like walked across the hall and then just done the other because they were on both episodes last night on NBC. They might have. And in those uh, episodes, uh, when they were talking to Bill Murray, he said things that I thought were kind of interesting. Okay. One was anytime they asked him about the movie, the new movie, and what it was like to go back and film again, he was like, it's painful that pack is really heavy and they make you fall down and then get back up and they say, okay, get back down on the ground. Okay, Uh get up. It's like, it's like having a refrigerator on your back. It's really heavy. Uh That's all he had to say about it. And then at one point, um, they were talking about how it's being well received because it seems to be. Yeah. Uh And he goes, yeah, everybody that I've seen has told me um, that by the time the movie was over, they had tears in their eyes. Um, Sounds like a great comedy to me. (laughs) That's funny. And it was like so sarcastic where I was like, this rides the line between like, him being silly and also being like, this movie's not a comedy. Uh huh. So I don't know if the new Ghostbusters movie is meant to make you laugh.
0: I think it. It's probably both. I, I I've only seen a couple of headlines of reviews. Yeah. I haven't read any reviews or anything, but um, I think that my what I gathered from a number of reviews is people saying that it is both nostalgic. But funny. So I okay. think that the nostalgia part is probably what's tear jerking, but they're still adding a little bit of funny in there.
1: Okay. Because so. I Paul Rudd was also on Colbert mm-hmm. and they showed that clip where he's in a Walmart. Yeah. And it's clearly a Walmart. hmm And uh, the little stave puff marshmallow men, the size of marshmallows come out. And it's the same thing that I've seen in a million commercials where like one hops in a blender and- right. They're all killing each other.
0: <laughs> like the sour, the Sour Patch Kids are always getting up to it in commercials. <laughs> Why is
1: that your reference point? First, they're sweet, then they're sour.
0: No, I was thinking about little like anthropomorphized candies. <laughs> sour Patch Kids are always they're jumping in a glass. Wow, you know
1: you you, you talk about those like they're actual characters. <laughs> That's I guess, what I'm really reacting to. Because I look at the Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife with these little Stay Puffs, and I think the Minions.
0: Yeah, you had said that top
1: to bottom. Yeah, but um, uh, I I spoke to mom on the phone mm-hmm. before, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the new Ghostbusters." I'm like ob- obsessed again. She goes, "I saw that Mr. Stay Puft has friends," <laughs> <laughs> and I went, "What?" She goes, "Did you see Paul Red was on Colbert?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, all the little marshmallows." And she goes, uh-huh. "Yeah." I was like, <laughs> he has friends. That's that's a very fun way to put that. I like that. I like that better. That is better. Did you see that Mr. Stay Puft has friends? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That I hope awesome. somebody says that in the movie. Yeah,
0: me too. That, maybe, that, maybe that's what Paul Rudd says just after that clip cuts off.
1: <laughs> just after it cuts off. He yeah. sits down. He's talking with somebody. He goes, I was at Walmart. And I found out, like with this, like very down to earth sort of like. Mr. Stay Puft has friends. friends. <laughs> 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 it made me laugh so much. It's awesome. It was just very, uh, very cute, yeah. very cute way to phrase it, and it made it sound adorable. It's Very appealing. It, it's very appealing. Yeah. I want to know all about Mr. Stay Puft's friends. I <laughs> whatever it takes. <laughs> so of course I, I will be there. That's um, awesome. All right, everybody. I think that's going to do it for us here. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. You don't get to know now about... Let's see what you don't get to hear about from me. <laughs> you do not get to hear me talk about Sam Hain. Okay. Okay. He's the embodiment of Samhain. Okay. Yep. Right? And you won't get me... You won't get to hear about the people busters.
0: <laughs> oh, no.
1: <laughs> no. I do want to tell you one fact. One fact. Okay. Okay.
0: Just so you, the context for this, because we were talking about it before we started the official recording, is that Will, we'll, uh, we'll, Will, something especially with something that he's very excited about, Will over-prepare a million things, and then he is um, hard to cut off when time is up. He'll just keep going anyway, <laughs> even though I'm like, well, you know what? I guess we better get going. And he'll be like, wait, so doink the clown.
1: And I'm like, what? <laughs>
0: Because he can't let it go. If I have to
1: know about Doink the Clown, so do all of you. Yeah. That's how I feel. It's not
0: the worst thing in the world by any stretch, but I'm just saying.
1: Also, bonus on top of this bonus fact, Bill Murray also made Dan Eckerd dance last night on television. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Literally, I think on Late Night with Seth Meyers, he goes... Now Dan Aykroyd, oh, he was also like mean to Dan Aykroyd a few th- a few times. Uh uh-huh. huh. He- oh man, Bill Murray Just was tell like, me this. oh, he was like on a tear. Uh huh. He at one point he was like, um, man, what did they say? They they were like, they- I think they were talking about Harold Ramis. Okay. And so Dan Aykroyd was going like, well, you know, Harold was, uh, he was a-, a fantastic writer, and you know, it was really he was really you know the one who like put it all together. And then he's going on and on, and Bill Murray goes. Dan, he's dead. He he doesn't, he can't hear you. Something like that. And then they're talking a little bit more, and he goes, and and I think somebody brings up the fact that Jim Belushi, um, John Belushi, yeah, John Belushi was supposed to be Slimer. And he goes, yeah, another guy has passed away. I was <laughs> like, "Good God!" And then I love that. And then at that, some very funny to me. At yeah. some point, Bill Murray goes, "Yeah, you know, you all know that uh, that Danny has a lot of energy, right?" He oh, goes, come on! And you've got a you've got a great drummer over there in your band for the show. I think the people would really like to see Dan dance. <laughs> and so Dan Ackerman gets up and he starts dancing around the studio okay. to the drums. And for the rest of the interview, he's out of breath. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> so it was great. And then on Jimmy Fallon, when he throws to commercial, this might have been, maybe this was filmed first. And this is what Bill Murray was reacting to about the energy. Uh-huh. Because Jimmy Fallon throws to commercial. So the Roots start playing music. And Dan Aykroyd runs over and grabs a microphone and starts singing. Wow. That is a lot of energy. He just starts singing about going to the movies. Is he singing this song like from the movies? Like, we're all out of the movies <laughs> to get ourselves a treat, yeah, right? Yeah, no, he's he's going like, Well, it's Friday night and you want to go out, do something groovy. That's he's cool. doing Blues Brothers,
0: that's awesome. He loves it, he's having a great right? time, right? He loves yeah. listen, yeah. He loves
1: it. I love Dan Aykroyd. Oh, I do Any too. Any excuse to talk about him on this show, I'll I do take. Too. We did a whole episode about him.
0: Yes, we did. He's totally delightful.
1: I'm, I want to get his grandfather's book. He also cited his oh, grandfather's yeah. like spiritualism mm-hmm. research again, which like he's like keeping his like family history alive with these Ghostbusters movies.
0: I know. I love it. He, um, yeah, I saw something where he was like, I mean, general people know about ectoplasm now. Yeah. like that's an actual, you know, an actual thing. That, you know, my family is research and that's in like the cultural zeitgeist yeah. now because this movie is. People wild. didn't know
1: about it as much before Ghostbusters was his point. Mm-hmm. He 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 credits like a lot of like modern occultism stuff as coming directly from Ghostbusters and his grandfather's work. hmm. And I don't know that he's necessarily wrong.
0: I don't know that he is either. I, he could be. I literally have no idea. Anyway, so just yeah. a,
1: a lot of energy on this guy. <laughs> yeah. So he sings you know this what? whole song and Bill Murray's there dancing and stuff. And then at a certain point, Bill Murray dance walks back over to his seat and just sits down. What's Ernie Hudson down. doing? He's dancing. He's there. He's there. Okay, he's good. Doing, he's doing fine. Yeah. I like Ernie Hudson.
0: I do too. He was on Grace and Frankie and he was great.
1: Yeah. He's, he's, he's doing a great job. Yeah. Um, okay. Beautiful.
0: All right. The we're People
1: Busters the... come from Boo York. Shut up.
0: Shut up. Okay. We're... okay they, and they, from and it,
1: they come from Boo York. And it's nicknamed the Great, the Big Pumpkin.
0: What? Instead what? of
1: the Big Apple. That's the Big Pumpkin.
0: Oh, okay. I <laughs> gotcha. So okay.
1: I found that out.
0: <laughs> awesome. You sure, you
1: sure you don't want more about the People Busters?
0: No, I'm good. We got to go. I wrote so much. We got to go. That's enough. Why did I write okay. so much? Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope that you all enjoyed Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, when you see it, I hope we enjoy it. We yeah. haven't seen it yet. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens, but we're very excited about it. And if you would like to support the show and thank us for these episodes, plus get a whole bunch of other bonus stuff, please go check out patreon.com slash gttupod. We have a number of different tiers, and you can pick your poison where you either get... A bonus show every week, a bonus show every other week, or a bonus show every month. Thank you so much to all of our patrons who already support us over there. And uh, we really love it. So go to patreon.com slash gttupod. And thank you so much for keeping Guides the Unknown happening.
1: According to the Ghostbusters wiki, at the end of one of the cartoon shows, Janine plays a trick on them. And then they play a tickle trick on her. What? (laughs) That's what it said.
0: Wait, what context are you saying this in? Did you just pick like a random spot in your notes? Does that have something to do with the people? Whatever? No. All right. Here I go. Okay. All right. You can also go to gttupod.com where you can find links to all of our previous episodes, links to our social media, our merch store, InfoBad Advertising, and our private Facebook group. You can also find us. On social media ourselves. I'm at Chillin' Kristen.
1: I am at The Myth Travelers. I'm very excited <laughs> the about... The Myth
0: th- Travelers. What did I say? <laughs> you said The Myth Travelers.
1: <laughs> I was reading my notes until Kristen pulled my phone out of my hand. Yeah. <laughs> I was distracted. Um, <laughs> we have yeah. a
0: second show to record what? for the Patreon. We gotta get going.
1: Yeah, what, what are we doing?
0: What? Oh, we're, we're playing the Ghostbusters game. Yeah,
1: that's uh-huh. right. So there's so more Ghostbusters be, to come.
0: That'll be out on Monday for our Demon and Banshee levels. Go check out the Patreon. You'll know what we're talking about.
1: I'm like a pig in ectoplasm. That's right. All right, everybody. We will see you next time for more creepy old stuff here on Guide to the Unknown. But until that time comes, we must travel.
0: Back to the netherworld. Go. What are your expectations going into the movie? Do you have a high, low?
1: Um, I'm going to try to go in with, um, I, I really am concerned that it's not going to be f- funny.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not that I want this movie to necessarily make me, I think I'm okay no, with a movie like, that, Yeah. the original Ghostbusters, it's like those guys were funny. Yeah. Maybe it's, you know, without them, would I still be interested in a Ghostbusters movie that had compelling leads whose defining trait is not comedy? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And and the answer is maybe. Uh-huh. So I, I hope that they just sort of do their own thing. Yeah. And it seems like they are because it you does can't seem, do It doesn't
0: feel tonally just I mean just from the trailers who knows, but it doesn't feel like Ghostbusters.
1: I know, it doesn't. So And but that's sort of a problem have, for me. I know, we might just too. have to accept
0: that it's its own thing.
1: I'm very curious to see after it do I want more? That's yeah. the real thing cuz there's no way they're doing this just to do it once. No, and put it on a shelf again. They want yeah. a franchise, mm-hmm. and I, I certainly have my own thoughts about how you might do something like that, and if, you know, perhaps you know, like any audience member, I do feel like a weird sort of protectivity, mm-hmm. like uh, over this right. world, even though I have no ownership, no stake. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, uh, yeah, it's just too nostalgic for me. Yeah. I so hear it. Uh, I'm going in with an open mind. Yep. I don't know that I'm going to come away being like it's a new classic for me. I think this is going to be something that like kids like.
0: Yeah, could be.
1: At best. I yeah. think it's probably a movie for like, I think it's probably a movie for people younger than me.
0: I don't know. I've heard that it's like a mashup of it's definitely, they're definitely keeping people younger than you in mind. Yeah. But they're also very aware of the nostalgia of Ghostbusters and how it means stuff to people. So I don't necessarily think it's only targeted for youngsters.
1: It's true. I also had a thought hmm i they're not gonna do this i kind of wish that like the original ghostbusters would like explode in this movie <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i want them like egon is already on the other side right harold Ramis is dead yeah and egon the character can't be in the movie right oh and you know he's gonna be though he's gonna they're gonna do something to bring him back And I'm very anxious about what they might do. I
0: don't think so.
1: I think we might get a wistful sort of like Egon helped us from the other side.
0: Oh, Oh. maybe something like that. But we're not going to like see. It's not going to be like in Twin Peaks or Return where like Major Briggs' head is floating by.
1: (laughs) That would be awesome. It would be awesome. If it was Egon Yeah. like transparently overlaid on top of the movie, that would be great.